Will and Christian in the morning. That's right. We're back. Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to season four. Season four of Will and Christian in the morning. Back live in the studio. In a studio of yeah, sorts. Not really. Say. Live from my bedroom. <laughs> but um, we're back. As always, I'm Christian. I'm Will. Will, it's good to be back. It is good to be back. It's been a while. I don't... When was our final, quote, final episode? <laughs> I was looking the other day. I It was like 2022 at... I think we had... We were talking about like the Super Bowl and commercials. Okay. So whenever the Super Bowl was last year. I know we, we didn't get a chance to do like, the proper finale because <laughs> mm-hmm. just like the graduating and finishing cup. Yeah. Like, all of that. Just life got in the way. Yeah. But... We brought it back. We are now in the same room because we made it through COVID doing it separately. But we did. We are now living in the same city, uh, not too far away from each other. Yeah. We're both now in Boston. Very exciting. Living our adult lives. And, uh, well, you've been here for a little bit, but I just got here uh, about two months ago. Um, loving it so far. I think there's still definitely a lot more to explore. I, I feel the same way but you know this was one thing that I think kind of felt like a natural decision. Um, we're both in the same city. Why not bring this back? Um, but one thing that was holding us back that now kind of to transition into our little bit of uh, pre-show news a uh, big thing that kind of prevented us from doing this were the the SAG AFTRA and WGA strikes, which as of a couple days ago, both are now over. Yeah. yeah. So um, that was sort of you know there was a lot of talk on like TikTok and and Instagram, all these different influencers that are like you know I don't really want to talk about TV shows and movies or give any free promo um, during these strikes. And um, I remember like there have been there were like all those podcasts from like former actors from like yeah like the office ladies and all that and i mean i thought that was a bit of an annoying trend but then they were kind of like oh we shouldn't do it because uh, the strikes are on so now that sag after is done i'm kind of oh god wizards of waverly pod is coming back <laughs> <laughs> um well and even before we get into the strikes i feel like since it's been a while and maybe we'll have some new listeners who haven't listened mm, to the podcast that's before, a good point maybe we should give a little bit of a, I guess, an intro on what we do, because mm-hmm. I'm probably going to share this with some of the yeah. people that I've met here. Um, yeah. But Allow this, me to reintroduce myself. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, this is a, a pop culture podcast that mm-hmm. we started back when we were in college, when we were in an actual radio studio mm-hmm. at our school. <laughs> um, and I always joke that we did this before every white man started a podcast <laughs> in 2020. So we beat the trend. We did we beat the trend. The pioneers. <laughs> I think we started this um, sophomore or sophomore year, which was 2019. Yes. I remember um, Will and I met. We were in the same acapella group, um, 54th and City. Shout out. If you know, you know. Go stream us on Spotify. Um Sad to see the Grammy nominations come and we were not nominated, <laughs> but you know, whatever. That's a story for another day. Um, but I remember in, it was the first time when you auditioned second semester, I was already there um, for the first semester of freshman year. 
um, and you came in second semester, and we were chatting a little bit, and we quickly discovered we were both fans of the show Community. Yes. Um, and for those of you who don't know, there is a little bit of a, I guess, a running gag, you could call it, um, where these two characters, Troy and Abed, have their own talk show, even though it's a fake talk show, there's no cameras or anything. Yeah. They just kind of, it's like a gag that they do in the show called Troy and Abed in the Morning. So then um, our junior year, when we were, um, or not junior, sophomore oh, year, yeah. um, I was like, hey, Will, we should do a, a radio show because our radio station, Radio 1851, um, they were, you know, accepting uh, radio shows and stuff. And I'd always kind of wanted to do something like yeah. that, uh, either solo or with somebody. So then I was like, you know, we both like community, like Will and Christian in the morning. So, and we kind of stole the jingle and our logo from community. So, um, Dan Harmon, we've made the show Mm -hmm. our own, but the jingle is, yeah. So Dan Harmon or anybody in the cast, don't sue us. We're just, we're just fans. Um, and then, you know, in 2019, we started doing the show, uh, just sort of talking about, what we like to talk about, pop culture, movies, TV shows, music, video games, etc. Um, and we had, you know, we had, it was just kind of an excuse to talk about things we liked uh, and bring our friends on as guests. Um, and then we just, you know, did it in the radio station. COVID hit. We tried doing it at home. We did it, I would say, somewhat successfully. We, we yeah. released some episodes. Then we came back into the studio live senior year. Um, and then things got, we got busy. Um, and now, um, like a year later, we're here live and we're back. So very excited. Welcome to any, any new listeners (laughs) that we're forcing to listen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we were opening a, an entire new target audience to our show. Everybody up here in Boston, um, uh clam chowder uh patriots it's gonna be wicked fun <laughs> wicked fun um some wicked smart commentary on movies and stuff. Not, yeah it's not gonna be about oh Boston, that was terrible maybe we'll slip in some perhaps i don't know <laughs> yeah so um in the spirit of that you know new listeners why don't you tell our listeners about yourself who are you will um that's a good question <laughs> Um, I, uh, why can I not think? A little, uh, like a little hawk host intro. Okay, yeah, well, I also went to, to St. Joseph's mm-hmm. University with Christian. <laughs> we both went for, for marketing, and now I'm not working in marketing, I work in communications. I don't want to talk too much specific. Sure, sure, job, yeah. But, um, mm-hmm. I get to write a lot, which is yeah. something I really like, and I've been able to continue what I love doing. <laughs> outside of school which is performing i haven't got to act in a bit which i want to do um it's a time commitment, but i have joined a post-collegiate acapella group filled with other people who did it in college and want to continue so very fun i'm getting to continue doing that mm-hmm. um and just living the adult life in the city mm-hmm. which is really nice a bunch of our friends are up here now um i was the first one to come up here so I was kind of by <laughs> myself for a little bit and then now a bunch more are up here so yeah it's, it's really fun 
It is really fun. Um, important detail Will forgot to mention, but I think this is very important for all new listeners to know. Will was a marketing major, but he also had a German minor, uh, yes, which was did. something during the show's original run, he became somewhat of a running gag that he liked to mention a lot. Um, but so now you know and Will I, is a German minor. My German skills have very quickly <laughs> deteriorated since graduating college because there's not a lot of chances to practice around here but yeah maybe i'll i keep meeting people around here who also speak german really maybe i'll start practicing again (laughs) i didn't know boston was much of a german population it's not (laughs) happened to meet people who are speaking german yeah that's funny um but yeah so what about you christian uh i'm christian um i also went to saint joe's also majored in marketing and now I guess you could say I'm kind of still working in marketing. I'm more working on the operation side. Um, I work from home. So we're currently, we're in like my bedroom slash office slash studio. Um, but um, yeah, you know, just sort of uh, working, doing stuff in the city. Um, like I said, I just moved here a couple of months ago. Um, so I'm still sort of figuring out things to do around here um one thing that i have been doing a lot with uh some friends is going to this one bar in um down in uh, downtown uh to watch eagles games because there is a bar dedicated every sunday to the philly fans of boston um shout out philly fans of boston everybody at the white bull tavern um but like you're saying about i've like the German speaking population might be a little smaller, but I am, I was shocked to see how, just how many Eagles fans there are up here in Boston. I mean, now that I've been here for a while, it honestly kind of seems like Philly and Boston are like, kind of like cousin cities. They're like, like sister like, locations. The, of the people like mm-hmm. kind of not the nicest, but like the whole like <laughs> Northeast, not nice, but kind kind of, that's Attitude. a that's a good way to describe not nice but kind. I really like, like they'll that. help you out, but they'll like mm-hmm. make fun of you while they're doing yeah. it. Um, mm-hmm. Like I feel like there's some similarities, maybe mm-hmm. not like a one to one. Yeah, I've heard people kind of say like it, it seems like sort of a popular thing to like you go to college in Philly, but then post grad in Boston or maybe like grad school that. in Boston. Um, I but I think it's definitely like they're kind of uh similar ish cities um i would say i i think even though it's not still super reliable i think the transportation public transit up here is a little more reliable than septa yes um <laughs> but um yeah and i i think definitely like the feel there's like a bit of a different feel but it definitely it's it it's not like as hard of a transition going from Philly to Boston. I feel like it kind of makes sense. I think like the other way around, if you're going from Boston to Philly, it might be a little weird, but I think like specifically Philly to Boston makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of what we've been up to. So let's get into the show with a little pre-show news. Like we mentioned before, um, the sag and WGA strikes are over. They had each been going on for like over a hundred days yeah. separately. They kind of like the WJ started first and then a little later SAG after started. Yeah. Um, but it was kind of, you know, it was a big deal. Hollywood has kind of been shut down 
for a while. So there were movies coming out, but like, even if we wanted to talk about, there wasn't like, Oh, like all the pre-show news would be like, Oh, this movie got delayed. This movie got delayed. Uh, (laughs) That was already a lot during COVID too. Um, But yeah, it was a big deal. And um, just wanted to sort of mention a couple things that they were, uh fighting for and like why they were striking um because i was kind of i got i got very into this um obviously because i'm very into pop culture and stuff um but uh the sort of the main things they were sort of i feel like a lot of the things that they that sag and wj were fighting for were similar a lot of it had to do with um residuals for um movies and tv shows there were a lot of people lots of viral clips and pictures of celebrities um, like there was somebody from Orange is the New Black who got a residual check for literally zero dollars. Yes. Um, and it, like they were in like half of a season that was like super popular, still streaming on Netflix or whatever, and they got paid nothing. And like, why send a check for zero dollars? <laughs> it's like, yeah. <laughs> um, and then another big thing was AI, and apparently that was a big point of contention for SAG. After that was like the last thing that they had to really, um agree on before signing this new deal um and they're just the, sort of the whole thing on the writer side you know people can use ai to write scripts and stuff so they don't have to like pay writers and you know it's bad yeah. um but uh you know uh it's free um and let me i want to ask you this kind of thing about ai and writing there's um sure. a lot of uh discussion on tiktok about the the new song from the disney movie (laughs) wish yes um this is the thanks i get there was a lot of discussion about people thought that the writer uh, the the people at disney sort of chunked into like chat gbt um write me a lin-manuel miranda style villain song do you think there's any possibility that they used AI to write this song? I don't think so because especially like with an animated movie, there's a lot more like pre-production that goes mm-hmm. into that and I'm thinking the songs were probably done pretty early. So I feel like they would have been written like a couple of years ago maybe. Yeah. So probably I mean maybe they plugged it in. I don't but... know. They're also like touting this as like oh it's 100 years. This is like a big movie. It's kind of a big deal. So I don't think that they would do that i think it's mm-hmm. just not a super well i think it's song. just not good um i honestly like i was uh we were at the movies the other day and i saw like a poster for wish and i feel like this is like the first disney movie that i like actively don't really want to see oh i'm gonna see it anyway. i mean i think i am gonna see it but i like maybe it's because of the strikes and there just hasn't been like that much promotion but i just like i don't I I don't really know what this movie is. Like I know it has Ariana the Boys and Chris Pine, um, but like that's really it. And there's like a goat in it or yeah. something. I don't know. Like I think it looks fine. I'll see it. Mm-hmm. I think I was the only person, maybe, in the world to see Strange World in theaters when that. Yeah, came out. I meant to go see that, but it, well, you, did. you didn't miss much. <laughs> um, like yeah, I feel like a lot of the Disney movies recently just haven't been fantastic but yeah i'm hoping this one is at least like i mean i'll always go watch a mm-hmm. musical <laughs> yeah did you watch elemental i did i heard it was like like at first i heard that everyone's like oh it's boring whatever but then it like actually came out and everybody's like guys this is actually really good i liked it a lot yeah. it was i mean <clears throat> some of it was just like a pretty standard mm-hmm. like 
animated movie, but the marketing did not do it justice because it yeah. was much more about like all the elements were supposed to be. It was more about like immigrants mm-hmm. and like um, people from different cultures. Like, can they like be in a relationship together? Like, that's kind of the whole big conflict of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but they put it as like, oh, can fire and water be together? Oh, okay. Um, yeah. But the, all the marketing was like all the elements are living <laughs> in the same world. Like, yeah, it, they didn't make it look good. And then no. there was the whole, did you see the TikTok thing where it was like, they pumped in fake cheering. Like Disney put out what? an ad that was, there's a character in the movie named Claude. Who's just like this little kid who uh-huh. flirts with. The oh yeah, yeah. I've seen that. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there was a TikTok ad going around of in a, like a fake shaky cam, like theater clip. <laughs> And when Claude comes on screen, everyone just starts cheering. And it's 100% fake. <laughs> and, but I guess they were trying to, like, recreate the, like, No Way Home. Oh, my God. That's so funny. But, yeah. But I think, yeah, once it came out, like, it had a lot of, mm-hmm. like, it stayed in theaters for a while. Like, it, it was kind of like a Puss in Boots situation where it made mm-hmm. a bunch of money after, mm-hmm. like, it didn't have a huge opening but then it yeah. stayed out for a while but i hmm. liked it it was good i might need to check it out because that's uh that's not, is that pixar yeah okay i wonder how it works into the pixar theory <laughs> that's a good point i, I guess know. we'll see um but yeah anyway back to the strike yeah so ai was a big thing um in terms of writers you know kind of using ai to write scripts and then for actors um quite literally straight out of bojack horseman using uh ai to scan actors faces paying them once for the scan and then being able to use their likeness in perpetuity which it's like everybody you know was talking about like oh this is like a black mirror episode like they literally did this in bojack horseman (laughs) like he got scanned for the secretariat movie and then they're like oh yeah we just used (laughs) we just use your scan to like do the rest of the movie (laughs) and then you know it's if bojack horseman is doing it then you know it's bad but that was like a huge thing that like studios were like yeah we like you have to let us use your scan and like not pay you for it at all um and then like it also came out that like in like some disney channel zombies movie they like used there were like ai generated people in the stands so instead of like hiring actors they like just it, it looked terrible like you could tell it was like low budget cgi it looked like early 2000s cgi um but it's just kind of crazy like looking at it in practice but um you know they got their contracts and it seems like everybody's happy yeah um and now so it ended i think the strike officially ended thursday at mid at 1201 um and then I proceeded to see about five new movie trailers right out of the gate. Yeah, that was like one of the things that I didn't realize how much like movie marketing is just in our lives everywhere mm. because it just felt kind of quieter not seeing the actors promoting the movies. Yeah, or, like movies would just come out and be like, "Oh yeah, that oh that yeah," came mm-hmm. out, and not like in your face. Here's a hundred interviews and trailers. Yeah. So I wonder. I wonder how much the actors like that. Though, like, I feel like some actors mm. probably hate doing those press tours, yeah. but because they couldn't promote anything during the strike, mm-hmm. um, so like there were no movie premieres either, really. Mm-hmm. But I guess that's all back now. It is all that back. was maybe the one thing unintentionally about the strike that I didn't mind. Like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> There's like a, I saw a lot of uh, 
the sort of normal like promotion, but it all just said previously recorded. Yeah. And like to a certain point in my mind, I was like, are people still just doing this promotion, but just slapping a previously recorded on it? Because yeah. um, I was like, this is just a lot that they recorded previously, like over a hundred days ago. Um, and I know, like, obviously, movies take a long time to make, but um, to to a certain point, I was like, eh, are they lying about it? But um, yeah, you know, everything's done. It seems like the WGA and the SAG after are happy about it, um, and you know. Very happy for them. They're all going to kind of get their fair share, and I'm excited for uh, some new movies and stuff to come out. Yeah. Um. So one of the one of these new trailers that came out, very highly anticipated, um, live action Netflix remake series of um Avatar: The Last Airbender, um, which you know I am a fan of. You were a fan of. Yeah. Um, but there's also somebody else that we know who is also a fan. Um, oh, come in. So for all our old listeners, I'm sure you know her, you know, coming out right at the gate with a special guest, friend of the pod. It's not James from the Berg. It's not James from the Berg. Um, friend of the pod, Abby Varker. Abby Varker, say hello. Hello, everybody. So good to be back talking about my favorite show ever. We are glad to have you back. I'm. It's it's so good to be had. In the words of my father, mm-hmm. how you doing, boys? I'm pretty solid. I'm happy to be back. Um, it's good to, you know, like I said, right out the gate, we already kind of have a a special guest. Um, yeah. so we're happy to have you. Thanks for thanks for being on the show. Of course, of course, and I, I, like I said before, talking about my favorite show. So, just watched the trailer for Avatar: The Last Airbender, the live action remake. Yes. Um. For anybody who hasn't listened to my my first guest appearance on Will and Christian in the Morning, it is talking completely about Avatar: The Last Airbender. I am a I'm an expert. I've watched this show many a time. I have. I How have. How many some times thoughts. do you think you've watched? It? I think. Well, so here's the deal. I watched it as it was coming out when I was a kid. I took martial arts lessons as a kid because of this show. Um, it. It then came out to like on to Netflix so I could get rewatched and everything. I think since it came out on Netflix in 2020, I have watched it in its totality three times. Um, and then when I was a kid, just let's amass all of the reruns that I watched and each episode coming out. I've probably watched it five times okay. at least. Um, Cora, I have only watched the first two seasons. Uh, I am not a not a Cora fan. Haven't gotten through that, but. Um, Avatar: The Last Airbender, big fan of that universe, and I'm gonna give some honest thoughts about that that trailer for the live action. Um, just watched it, and I will I will say, not a not a fan of like the concept of the project because I, as we you guys have talked about a lot on this pod, the whole live action remake thing of something that was already good in animated format, it's just so tired. Yeah. Um, so I, I've always kind of been, I don't want to say against the project, but kind of rolling my eyes at it of like, it, it is such a perfect animated show. Why make a live action remake of it? It, it just kind of feels pointless and it's already failed to be done in a live action format before. We won't talk about, about that. There's no movie. No. What are, yeah. Made, what are you talking about? Um, so I watched the trailer. I d- I've been converted. It was a very impressive trailer. And I think 
What I've come to realize is the purpose of putting it in this format is I think it has two main purposes. The first of which is having actual representation for Asian characters when in live action, they have to be the ethnicity of the character. But most of the voice actor cast of the original series were not Asian or not AAPI. Um, There were a lot of white people voicing those characters. So it's really good to kind of see that be understood a little better, especially because from the show, I then dove into different aspects of different Asian cultures. Um, Like I took Taekwondo, which is a Korean martial art, which is structurally very similar to earthbending. So I got to like find that connection in my life and learn about that culturally. And then I I found out when I was older that like Mae Whitman is is Katara's voice actress. And I'm like, that's a white woman. (laughs) What is this? Um, So I think representation is definitely one of the biggest pushes to make this live action and then also to show off a lot of cgi uh and i was worried that it was going to be rushed or it was going to be bad and that trailer looks impressive yeah it looked good visually stunning the costumes match the the anime whether you want to call it a real anime or not it matches the animated series so well and the all of the effects of the fire that's what i noticed the most are stunning it's just i i really think that they've captured the universe the only thing that i'm kind of nervous about is I don't know if the live action format is going to help encapsulate the humor of mm. the original show as easily because that's the thing when you when you're in that kind of animated format you can have those typical anime silly giant head uh, or like the lines on around your faces yeah. when you're emoting something you don't get that in live action so it it just looks like it's not going to be as serious as the movie The Last Airbender but it still looks like it's going to have to carry some seriousness to it um so i'm i'm still i'm hopeful about that but also like hesitant about it before watching the trailer i was like i'm totally okay not watching the series because um you know i i don't think it's necessary and i'm so satisfied and overjoyed with the original piece of media why would i risk it being ruined by something else um and after watching that trailer i think i've been converted to i will watch this i i am excited for it hesitant but excited after seeing that trailer it was quite compelling yeah it was a pretty cool trailer but um it's, it's kind of interesting and um i feel i don't want to say i guess i could say kind of cautiously optimistic as you mm-hmm. are but i might be a little more confident because i think about this um and how i think the writers and everybody involved in the production of the show know how important it is to get it right Mm -hmm. and this reminds me a lot of the the upcoming daredevil show Mm. um you know people like friend of the pod matthew rodriguez he has said he was like if they mess up the daredevil show he's like i'm no more marvel i'm just just gonna (laughs) stop watching um but that's everybody's reaching that point with marvel like for for different reasons for different reasons Yeah, yeah, yeah but matthew was like if they mess this up i'm not watching marvel ever again i'm like done with them um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I feel like those two shows are like, they know that, well, you know, there's obviously the similarity that there was a show before them that they're kind of in a way rebooting. Um, but they know they have such dedicated fan bases and they know how important it is to get right. So I have a more optimistic feeling that because of the severity of this 
the show and everything, they they need to get it right. So I think they will do their very best to get it right. And like you said, I think there are some things that won't necessarily translate well, like the the kind of humor. And I think it has to be a good balance of kind of humor and seriousness as the original show was. There's also like one one thing that I talked about on my episode where I where I talked about this earlier is the the original series' use of filler episodes and how no filler episode was bad. Mm. Like, I, okay, there's one that's bad. I hate The Great Divide. <laughs> but everything else, even if it doesn't, like, directly advance the plot, it, it like, it still really teaches you about the world. It's not, like, <clears throat> a filler episode where you have to reach 22 episodes a season. It truly, yeah. like, all of them have value. And I feel like in the live action format and especially in this age where TV shows are having longer episodes but fewer episodes, you know, Loki just came out and all the other Marvel shows that have come out are all like six episodes each. Yeah. So, you know, there's not as much room for filler episodes in the way that we make TV now. And again, we're hoping that kind of the old format can come back after the strike and with a lot more rights in the showrunners and everything. But that's another thing I'm hesitant about with the live action is... Avatar is known for having good filler episodes, and I feel like it's very easy to get rid of those or make a three-minute scene be their nod to a filler episode. Um, so I, I think it's a lot of, like, we'll see, but I'm now more optimistic. That is excellent to hear, and I'm, I'm glad that uh, you've kind of turned, uh, kind of changed your, your outlook on it a little bit, but it's interesting that uh, you know, little context, like you were kind of getting into it. Um, I had asked Abby, I was like, you know, we're bringing back the show. I want to talk about the Avatar Last Airbender show, uh, like live action show. Would you want to come on and talk about it? And you were kind of like, uh, you, you were, kind of, you were like, you're like, I, not that she didn't want to come on the show, but she was like, I, she was like, I don't want to watch the trailer. And kind of like you were saying, you don't want it to be tainted, but it was definitely, a lot more negative emotion about this show, the concept of the show. You were like, I don't, I don't want to. But then, you know, like 10 minutes ago, we, we sat down and watched the trailer and you were like, big, I, I like saw you were smiling. I'm like, oh, okay. I like, was smiling and I had tears in my eyes. Like I was, my eyes were watering up because I was just like, I got the sense of, I think they're going to honor it. I, cause it's something that is so special to me and something that has shaped my morals and, <laughs> Literally, my activities, like 10 years of my life, were devoted to martial arts because of this show. Um, and it was just something that really meant a lot to me. And that's why I'm always so scared of it being tainted. But I, I watched that trailer and I had my eyes were welling up because it, I feel like it's going to be respected. Yeah. And they, they better. And it's coming out February. I, th- I don't know why I thought it was like two years away. Yeah. Still. I think everything, just everything with the strikes, everything got pushed back. I'm like, oh, I'm just expecting everything to come out like in years. But then it was like, oh, February and everything's coming out so soon. I was like, oh, okay. It's also like the strike didn't mean that things weren't in production. Um, And like as soon as Avatar got dropped on Netflix, like the original animated series, they were like, cool, let's make some money live action. And they started working on that fast. So this thing has been in production for like two three years now mm-hmm. okay. um so it's it's definitely time even with the strike i knew it was going to come out fairly fairly soon so it's february 22nd dropping on netflix season one book one whatever you want to call it of the live action avatar the last airbender yeah and um we'll be sure to talk about it oh, for sure. um 
yeah, but Abby, thank you again for coming out of the thank podcast. I'm sure this is not the last time that you will be on. So uh, thank you for joining us. Absolutely. And everybody, make sure to tune in to the next, next episode of Will and Christian and Abby in the morning. Okay. Thanks, thank Abby. you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so another quick little thing I want to talk about. Uh, this is another show that came out during the strikes that we definitely would have talked about. The Ahsoka show. Yes. Um, Will, what did you think of the Ahsoka show? So I, I enjoyed it, but I feel like it followed the trend of some of the Disney Plus shows where it feels like nothing really happens for most of the show. Yeah. And up until like close to the end, it felt like Ahsoka was just like a little bit too emotionless i kind of agree how her character has been portrayed in, portrayed in the past mm-hmm. but there was some really cool stuff especially mm-hmm. uh with a certain character i guess we, we could, it's, it's been out for a yeah, while right, i think we right. can talk about all it. the anakin stuff was so cool it was really good um, and we actually tried right after you moved to see <laughs> the clone wars yeah. flashback episode mm-hmm. in theaters and we were five people away from the door before they said that they were full. Yeah, so that was uh, pretty sad. And Will was like, oh, well, I'll just go home and watch it myself. And I was like, this episode better suck. <laughs> and then it ended up being It incredible. did not suck. Um, but I feel like I would kind of like assumed they would do some sort of Clone Wars flashback. Yeah. And I, I was worried that it would be Clone Wars flashback for the sake of a Clone Wars flashback. But I think that that specific episode was a really good kind of like character development for Ahsoka. And I think it kind of like, you know, you were talking about her being kind of emotionless, which I did not like, but I think this kind of made it make sense. Like how she was like worried that she would become like Anakin, um, that she was sort of in the same situation as Anakin. Now she is a Padawan and like her master became Darth Vader. Like, is she going to like turn out to be the same thing? Um, because she is the apprentice of Anakin Skywalker, who is now Darth Vader. Um, I don't think that makes it like good. Her whole sort of emotionless thing. I thought that was a little, like she was like a little too stoic and, and I, I, that thing that you mentioned, I don't think they explained that very well in the show for most of it. Yeah. They kind of were just, I don't know, and it was it was more of a Rebels show than a Ahsoka. It was Rebels season five, but yeah, it it felt more like a movie, which was kind of cool. Yeah, and I liked the villains, although they kind of just disappeared. Um, Yeah, and unfortunately, you know, Ray Stevenson died, which is unfortunate. Um, I (sighs) maybe that's a hot take, especially because he. I think I think his portrayal was really good. I did not love Balin Skull. I thought he... I think he felt underdeveloped. I think there was a lot of potential. Like, I liked the idea of, like... He's not... He's, like, kind of a Sith, but not really a Sith. And he's like, I I miss the idea of the Jedi Council. Yeah. and But then it's become something... Like, I think that's really interesting. But I feel like he did a lot of just, like, standing around. And he was still kind of, like the bodyguards for the night sister for like yeah. the witch and like Morgan Elsbeth. I did not like her. I thought yeah. she was boring. Um, <laughs> shout out to my mom. Uh, Cause my mom and my brother, we watched all the episodes of Ahsoka together on teleparty. And I remember when <laughs> she like the whole time, she was like, I hate Morgan Elsbeth. Like she's so, <laughs> she's so dumb. I hate her. And then, <laughs> 
um in the last episode when she was like sort of building up like they were building up like she was gonna die like my mom in the chat was like yes kill her yeah and she was so excited to see morgan elsman die um it was really funny but yeah the only other thing i was gonna say i really liked the actor who played ezra he He was oh my god Mm -hmm. so you know this most of our listeners know this i do not like star wars rebels i think it's fine um, but I am not a huge fan of a lot of, I didn't really like Ezra. Um, I didn't, I didn't love Sabine. did not like Zeb, did not like Chopper. I love Zeb. Um, well, I liked him in like one episode. Okay. Um, but I think the Rebels characters in this show were very good. I liked, I mean, I, I liked Hera before. I didn't think she, I thought that was a miscast. I didn't think she felt like Hera at all. Yeah. That, I think that's fair. I, I think she was like. And that sucks. His hair is like my favorite character. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think Sabine was like perfect. Yeah. I loved Sabine in the show. I think it was like it was funny. She was like the same kind of character she was in Rebels, but somehow in the show, I just liked her a lot more. Yeah. And I think something that I that kind of helped me not like Rebels was the animation style. I think that made it hard to like a lot of it. Um, and then, like you were saying, Ezra was also really good. I thought he was sort of... And that's another thing. I didn't like Ezra in the Rebel show, but I liked him a lot here. Yeah. Um, are you good? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. Um, but yeah, I thought the Ahsoka show was was good. I think sort yeah, of overall. It was, it was good. Mm-hmm. I was it excited was to watch it every week. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was never... Yeah, I was never like not excited. Like, like oh, of it. <laughs> oh god, yeah. But I think overall, it was a good show. Um, yeah. yeah, solid. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. Well, now, how long? It's been like thirty-seven minutes. Well, we're we're doing we're trucking along. We're, yeah. It's, yeah. Um. So I guess the sort of main topic that I wanted to talk about today. Um. You and I both saw two movies in the past couple days. Yes. Um. We saw the Marvels, which just came out. Yes. And we saw the Five Nights at Freddy's movie, which came out a couple weeks ago. Um, and I kind of wanted to talk about our thoughts. We're not going to be talking about the Marvels in a spoiler sense because that just came out yeah. a couple days ago. So we're going to kind of, you know. Light, spoiler free review. Yeah. But I think because FNAF has been out for a bit, I would like, and that's something I would like to talk a little deeper because we, we had a discussion about it, but this is sort of more spoilery thoughts. That's something I would want to talk about. Yeah. Um, so I think let's start with the Marvels cause that's going to be yeah. a little lighter. Um, what did you think? Will? so <coughs> since we've last spoken on the podcast, my love of Marvel has, it's still there, but like a lot of people, I think a lot of the stuff coming out recently has just not been that great. Yeah. Like, I think man came out, did not really like it. Secret evasion. I think was a huge miss. Yeah, I think like, it could have been really good. But... Even miss Marvel. Some of that, like half of that show, I didn't really like. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's just been kind of a <clears throat> consensus online that it seems like Marvel's like failing and the MCU is in shambles, yeah, as every TikToker is. Which is not said. really true because they're still making hundreds of millions of dollars. <coughs> yeah, but it's um, fine. I went into this movie with low expectations. I was yeah. like, you know what? It seems like it'll only be fun. I only watched the first trailer, which I'm glad I did because the trailers gave away a lot. I oh, think. the trailer, like that last trailer with Thanos and yeah, Iron Man, is like straight up. What was that? Um, but oh my God. 
uh i went in and i really enjoyed it yeah i don't think it's a perfect movie mm. um but it feels much more like like a good phase two marvel movie i think it's a good way to describe it like, yeah <clears throat> i don't know like i just i really enjoyed it i'll definitely be seeing it again yeah i think i'm gonna also see it again i think that's interesting you say it's like a fa- good phase two movie i feel like the first captain marvel movie it felt a little phase one-y i thought this was better than the first captain marvel i i i, I don't think it was a good captain marvel sequel no but i think it was a better movie <laughs> yeah um i think yeah i think i i liked it i don't think i liked it as much as you did um but definitely it was it was fun and i think it was kind of like if i'm thinking like as a movie in terms of like the plot i think i saw somebody saw somebody said this online recently that i kind of agree with it felt kind of like you know how in sitcoms how it's kind of less about like what the characters are actually doing and more about like their reactions and interactions with it i think that's how this movie was i think i the plot was kind of weak i thought the villain was not that great but i think the what was most important in sort of the core of this movie was carol danvers monica rambo and um kamala khan i feel like the three of them together was the reason why this movie was good and just their interactions um i think they had the chemistry was great yes um i think they worked really well together um for any of you haters that said captain marvel needs to emote more go watch this movie she is definitely brie larson was having a lot more fun in this role um and i think it helped that she actually had like a better supporting cast because i feel like in the first one it's like kind of just her and nick fury yeah um but now it's like um she has the other two there and i think it really i think it really works um i think even like as a a movie with you know plot wise i don't think it was that strong but i had a lot of fun watching it the fight scenes were really well done um and just sort of all their interactions i think worked um you know, and i'm i'm not going to talk about it too much but that post credit scene or the mid credit scene yeah. wow um if you have not seen this movie yet first of all go see it second of all avoid spoilers this is not something that you want to get spoiled um one of the things i like like yes it's still very much a marvel movie like it's Mm -hmm. somewhat formulaic like you kind of know where it's gonna go but i just thought it was executed pretty well like it lately i've been a little annoyed by the marvel humor that mm-hmm. you see in like every like the <coughs> that just happened and like the quippiness <laughs> yeah and there was still a lot of jokes in this movie but it felt like a different style mm-hmm. of humor almost it's just like it's a very fast movie like it's kind of just a breakneck speed. yeah like literally not a lot of downtime mm-hmm. and this movie way. is like an hour 40 something so yeah. it like i think it felt short but like that's a good thing like i i liked that it was fast kind of thing yeah. um and it was just sort of like a little like it's like a fast-paced fun adventure it's like uh i like martin scorsese says the marvel movies are like roller coaster rides this felt like a kind of roller coaster like yeah. everything's sort of like boom 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 and i like a lot of the jokes i feel like they would <laughs> there's a joke and then it's immediately on to the next thing so yeah like, it's not lingering too long like yeah i feel like something like thor love and thunder would do like yeah there's one scene that it's not a spoiler but 
it might have even been in the trailer um where like someone uh like falls out of the sky and i don't i'm trying to explain it's not a spoiler there's a scene where like the whole plot point of the movie is that these characters can't use their power yeah. at the same time or mm-hmm. swap places and there's a scene where that happens mm-hmm. and someone's in danger and then captain marvel switches places with them hits the ground mm-hmm. and Fury's like oh oh it's just carol okay cool and like <laughs> and then we just move on yeah and mm-hmm. i don't know like i like that style of humor a bit better and i thought the jokes were actually funny like yeah. the theater was cracking up mm-hmm. um i i think a lot of the reason why it was so funny was because a lot of the humor was on Amon Valani. yes and she was i think she was my favorite part of this Me movie too. um i love miss marvel even if the show i'm a i'm a, I'm a miss marvel show defender but i can admit that it was not the best i think Miss Marvel, the character in the MCU, yes. is just I love her. Um, and I've seen a lot of comparisons. Her sort of this is her her Marvel movie debut because she was just in her yeah. show. Um, this is and probably her first movie too. I think so. Yeah. yeah, she didn't have any other acting experience before she was cast. Um, but I've seen a lot of people compare her in this movie to like the energy and charisma of Tom Holland Spider Man in Civil War. Uh, and I, I, I get the comparisons. I think she's going to be sort of like, she's going to be here for a bit. And she's going to be kind of like a Spider-Man type superstar. Um, and definitely like the, it's not really a credit scene because it just sort of happens at the end of the movie, which I don't really get why. Like the, it was, gonna, it was a credit scene. That yeah. Did, I, don't I don't know why, like whatever. Um, but as that show, like she's going to be here for a bit. And, yes. um, and I think she definitely deserves her place. She was, I, I love a mom Villani. I love Miss Marvel. So yeah, and I I thought most of the visual effects looked good. There was some s- standard Marvel dodging. It always like happens. Some weird green screen or weird like body doubles, but like yeah, the fight choreography was really good. It was, it was really clear, good, like easy to watch. Um, mm-hmm. And the whole concept of like the body switching or like the the place switching, I think, made for some really creative choreography, especially in the like the sort of climactic fight scene. Um, I think that's sort of they did it really well, but even like the first scene when they like are kind of figuring out what is happening, yeah. I think that was really well done, and that was definitely that was fu- it was just fun to watch. Yeah, and there's always like a big question how like they kind of have to nerf Captain Marvel every time mm-hmm. she's in yeah. something because she's really powerful, and in Endgame that nerf was just that she disappears. Yeah, but, and then she comes back. Um, I like. It felt like a good reason to not have her using mm-hmm. her powers all the time because the whole thing is like, oh, we have to be careful because <clears throat> we might switch places if we're using yeah, her powers. Yeah, I think, and I think that's a very like creative way to, like you said, nerf her. Um, but yeah, I think it was a solid movie. I think like it, like I said before, it didn't it felt fast but in a good way, but I think it kind of felt fast in a bad way, like towards the end. I that's, think that's fair. the ending was kind of rushed, and it kind of left me feeling like you, you didn't think of this earlier kind of yeah. thing like the sort of how the how the plot is resolved um i'm like if you if you thought of this earlier this movie would not have happened yeah. um but that is definitely not to say that i didn't enjoy the movie i i liked it um if you look at my letterbox i think i give three out of five stars i think okay. it was it was solid i i enjoyed it and this was the first not the first but one of the big experiments of crossing over a bunch of Disney Plus content with the movies. Like, we saw yeah. it in 
Multiverse of Madness a little bit. A little Wanda, bit. But mm. this is the first one where it's like, oh, if you haven't watched Miss Marvel, you do not know who Miss Marvel is. Yeah, because and- I think, like, in Multiverse of Madness, like, a little chunk of, like, you know, like, uh, her kids were there, and but they were sort of, like, they're in the, kind of in the background, but, like, you know, even if you didn't watch WandaVision, you know who Wanda is, yeah. and you know who Doctor Strange is. But, like, if you didn't watch WandaVision and Miss Marvel, you're like, who's Miss Marvel? Who is Monica Rambeau? Um, I guess you would kind of know her. Um, if you watch the first Captain The first Captain Marvel, she's like, it's like, oh, it's the kid. Yeah. Uh, but you, like, might not really remember. Like, I didn't know. I think when I first watched WandaVision, I was like, oh, her name is Monica. Like, I, I didn't yeah. realize... Um, and then like, she's an adult now, so it's like a big difference, but, um, it, it definitely, you know, Miss Marvel came from a TV show. So it's, it, I think it's interesting when it's like, I'm sure like to an external viewer, they're like, ugh, now I have to like get Disney plus and watch the shows now. Um, but like, you know, as a fan, if you're like kind of already in it, then it's like, it's kind of cool to see like the TV shows crossing over with the movies, yeah. which is something I always wanted to happen with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but blah, blah, blah whatever. But yeah. I feel like you don't necessarily have to have watched the show. Like, I feel like they do a good enough job of being like, here's yeah. who this character is, like, mm-hmm. here's some stuff that they know that's important from their show. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I am realizing, I don't, again, like, I don't think it's a great sequel to the story of Captain Marvel 1, because the, no. there, there's barely any scrolls in this movie like they kind of just dropped that yeah plot. also you don't need to watch secret invasion <laughs> no you do not because and honestly never reference honestly but, don't watch secret invasion um it's like it's just not good. but yeah i don't like i just really enjoyed it maybe i just wanted a fun marvel movie and i think it definitely did that and i think that i think marvel movies need to be okay with just having fun movies not everything needs to like set up the future. Like Ant-Man took itself too seriously, but also was like not funny. And I, I feel like <laughs> I feel like the reason they did Quantumania was to set up Kang instead yeah. of ending the Ant-Man trilogy, which I think if they focus on that a little more it would have been better. But it was just like, where could we put Kang? Oh, let's put it in yeah. Ant-Man, which I don't think made sense, but this movie just made me realize I want more team ups before the next Avengers because, like, <clears throat> imagine if these characters didn't meet each other until Kang Dynasty. Like, yeah, that would be so dumb. It would be <laughs> dumb. So I'm glad that this. It was a good movie, and yeah. I'm glad I saw it. Now we'll definitely be seeing. Go it Go see it. Don't watch the trailer. I no. think I think going blind is the best way, or maybe only watch the first one because that doesn't really give away much. Yeah, but... but yeah, go see this movie. Um. So now the last thing we're going to talk about. The the funny bear movie, Five Nights at Freddy's, the movie. Um, obviously a hotly anticipated movie that has been in development for a long time. Yeah. Um, and we were just talking about this after the movie uh yesterday that it's it's been like ten years since the first game came out. Almost, yeah. Um Well, I've I've just realized because <laughs> I was talking to people about this movie and Maybe it's just because I'm talking to people who are older now, but they're like, they don't know what Five Nights at Freddy's is, so I feel like maybe we should give just a very brief introduction to sure. what FNAF mm-hmm. is. <laughs> so, Five Nights at Freddy's was an indie horror game that came out in 2013. 2014. Right? 2014. Um, created by Scott Coffin. Uh, and the basic concept is, it's kind of like a survival horror game where you are a security guard in this 
defunct 80s pizzeria called Freddy Fazbear's Pizza. Like a Chuck E. Cheese. Like a Chuck E. Cheese type thing. And there are these animatronics, again, like Chuck E. Cheese. Um, and your main goal is to survive five nights where you have these four animatronics. Kind of five, but four main animatronics. Freddy Fazbear, Chica, Bonnie, and Foxy that all kind of come try to attack you and kill you. So you have to spend, you know, from 12 a.m. to 6 a.m., which in reality is like six minutes, um, five nights at Freddy's where these animatronics are trying to kill you and you have to conserve power and kind of prevent them from coming Watch into the, the office. See where they're at. Mm-hmm. Um, and that little game blew up and now has become such a lore heavy franchise that now it's like there's just so there's so much lore um and there's there's the games there's books there's like uh, there's so many games there's fan made like canon adjacent mm-hmm. content yeah this is it is it started as a little indie game and it is now a massive franchise and also a franchise that is beloved by kids mm-hmm. which is weird <coughs> because I guess spoilers for the games, but there's a it's very murder heavy, yeah, child murder heavy. Like the whole kind of the first bits of lore you learn in the first game is that the reason why Freddy Fazbear shut down is because five kids were murdered and went missing in this pizzeria and they were never found. And this whole thing kind of revolves around this guy um, who killed kids and is you know stuffing them in animatronic suits. And it's it's scary, but like the kids are like, <laughs> I don't, I I feel like like we're older now. Like I, I I don't think I can play the games. I think I would be too scared. I played them when I was in, I think <clears throat> my freshman year of high school. I played on my phone, and I don't like oh, wow. games or jump scares, but I would do it just because like I liked the concept. Yeah, and I thought it was a cool concept because I went to Chuck E. Cheese growing up. Yeah, and like. Oh, that's a fun twist. And mm-hmm. originally, the lore was not that deep, so it was like <laughs> now it, it is. was fun to like mm-hmm. theorize on some stuff. But yeah, and it's blown up with the kids, it has. And I've so I never played the games, but I was very. I think I watched Markiplier play all of the games. Big and, YouTube blow up. Too, yeah, and was playing it. And I think the the main reasons why it blew up were let's players like mainly Markiplier, the self proclaimed king of Five Nights at Freddy's, and also. Matt Pat of Game Theory, who has made way too many theories about this game, and it has gotten so huge that even Scott Cawthon, the creator of the game, has sort of put in things in these games specifically, like for Matt Pat to find, and he has commented like on his theory about FNAF Two. Scott Cawthon was like, Matt, you got everything right except one thing, and like that's how deep, wow. like Matt Pat was in it. Um. Anyway, sort of setting the stage for this movie, um, I think it sort of only made sense to make a movie about this huge lore-heavy universe. Um, It was really good. I really enjoyed it. I I don't think it was... Again, I don't think it was like a top-tier cinematic masterpiece. No. But as a fan of the games, I thought Mm -hmm. it was pretty good. I... I was surprised because I went online after we watched it and everyone <coughs> said it sucked. Yeah. And I was like, I, I don't fully agree. I No, and I remember Blumhouse, who is the, they created this movie and they're like, you know, big horror 
people, like they yeah. made a lot of great horror movies. They said, like Jason Blum on like Seth Meyers or something, he said, this movie is, there are like a lot of movies that, you know, they're like, oh, this is for the fans, but also for a new audience. Jason Blum was like, this movie is for FNAF fans and nobody else. <laughs> so I kind of feel like, you know, and this happens a lot, like the critics hate it, but the fans love it. I feel like this is one of those movies that you kind of need to know the lore at least a little bit to kind of get enjoyment. Yeah. Because, you know, I'm very engrossed in the lore and I was surprised that they took the sort of pre-established lore. Cause this is sort of mostly based on the first game. Um, you know, we have this guy, Mike Schmidt played by Josh Hutcherson who gets a security gig at Freddy Fazbear's and he spends five nights sort of, you know, upkeeping this uh the re- the restaurant and surviving yeah. um but they did a lot of new things that like surprised me which is so weird because i was like i'm so into the lore i'm gonna like know the story beat by beat <sighs> they did new things like there was this whole thing with mike like the whole subplot and sort of like changed his character motivations um when my and we're getting into spoiler territory yeah. uh so if you've not seen this movie you know Go see it. Come back and listen to this. It is on Peacock. So this is a very, I feel like we can talk about spoilers because if you have Peacock, you can watch it. It's, it's pretty accessible. Even if you can't make it to the theater, I would say that I think it's, this is a good movie to watch in theaters. We saw it and we saw it with Abby yesterday. Nobody else in the theater. It was just us. So we we kind of had that at home feel, but on the big screen and the big seats and everything. Um, But this whole thing, Mike, as a kid, his brother, what was his name? Like Garrett. Garrett. His brother Garrett was kidnapped when he was at this family picnic. Um, you know, he saw his brother being driven away in this truck. And ever since that day, Mike has been trying to dream about it and sort of gather details to figure out who kidnapped his brother. And in this franchise that's all about kids getting kidnapped, I think it was very interesting. The whole dream thing was really interesting. Yeah. Like, he had, like, a book on dream theory and how he was like, oh, um, everything you've ever seen is in your mind somewhere. You just have to kind of pull it out. So he tries to recreate the dream. He, like, falls asleep to nature sounds and looking at a picture of, like, a forest. Um, and he tries to get back into the dream to sort of look around and be like, okay, What's what's up with the truck? Who who kidnapped my brother so I can go find him? Um, and then that sort of becomes intertwined with the the kids that got murdered in Freddy Fazbear's because um, sort of in the end you find out there is a common thread that connects yeah. his brother's disappearance with these kids' disappearance. Um, but I thought that was really interesting and unique and something that like I hadn't. It kind of made it work as a movie. Because this is like a movie specific thing that also connects to what happened in the games. Yeah, and it it was <coughs> I was talking about this after we saw it. I feel like sometimes in games or in movies like this that are based on games or popular franchises, like they're just always trying to get to the good stuff. Yeah. Like I don't know why the first thing popping into my head is like the Godzilla movies <coughs> recently where you don't care about anything that the humans are doing. You're there to see you want to see Godzilla blowing stuff up yeah um and it's because of that those the human parts are boring and yeah they make that a lot of the movie but mm-hmm. like this one it wasn't just them trying to get to the animatronics right away you don't even see the animatronics really till like mm-hmm. 40 minutes into the movie maybe yeah maybe not that long but maybe like a half hour i think maybe. like the presence is definitely felt because the movie 
uh, opens with the previous security guard getting killed by Foxy. But, like, you don't really see Foxy. You just hear his little dum 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 So, like, it sort of sets the stage, like, oh, like, this is scary. Yeah, like, in in the game... There's no, there's not a lot of backstory when you're no. playing it. It's just kind of like you are a security guard. So yeah, in the movie, I think the, the premise <laughs> makes sense. Like, oh, it makes sense that mm-hmm. Mike would go to this creepy pizza place to work because he needs like, money. Yeah, he needs the money. Like mm-hmm. the motivations make sense, and the reasons yeah. why he keeps going back makes sense. Because yeah, he keeps having those dreams because you think like any sane person who would work once one shift at Freddy Fazbear's, you would be like, I'm never doing this again. And you think about the games, like, you know, you're almost getting murdered by animatronics, like, why you keep coming back? I think, like, Mike Schmidt is, like, he's desperate for money, and he has a sister to take care of. Um, so and he becomes obsessed with, like, he starts getting clues about his brother, so he gets yeah. obsessed, so he's like, I have to go back. Yeah, and I think that may- it makes it make sense. Um, one thing about the animatronics themselves, it is insane how good they look yes um shout out to jim henson studios they did a fantastic job they look like they were pulled straight from the games yeah like i kind of thought that like <laughs> because it, like freddy five nights of freddy's is, is a horror game but it's kind of taken on this sort of like meme status yeah. too so i feel like i look at freddy fazbear and i'm not scared i think it's funny so i was worried that they would just look too goofy but like they it was like, if you're a horror fan and you want to go see a horror movie, this is not the movie. This for movie you. is not scary. It's not scary, <laughs> which is good for us because we do not like scary I movies. Um, but there were definitely some moments of tense suspense, and like, there were like, they're like not like overtly gruesome, but like you see like in a silhouette. I think so I this movie was PG thirteen, <clears throat> and I think in some of the for the most part, it's pretty tame. But like, yeah. Some of the violent scenes, like, there was more blood than I was expecting. Yeah. There is, like you said, there's a scene mm-hmm. where, I guess, what it's... I'm yeah, we're talking the, spoilers. It's in the trailer. Yeah. I too, but, like, a woman gets chopped, like, chomped in half mm-hmm. by an animatronic, and you kind of see, like, it's kind of gruesome. Yeah. Like, cut away, like, you just see it in silhouette. But you see, like, her body, literally, like, half of her body falling to like the ground. I feel like you, like, see some of her, like... <laughs> organs yeah briefly or there's mm-hmm. there's a guy whose face gets cuts gets cut yeah kind of see the aftermath like, mm-hmm. uh, like it's it's more gruesome than i thought it was gonna be yeah um but it's not like there were like scenes where i was like ew, ew, but like it was never like that bad no and i mean a whole thing of the games is always like implied violence yeah like there's it's not like a gruesome gory like mm-hmm. the jump scare like you don't see what happens after you get jumped yeah by the animatronics i think <laughs> i don't think you'll agree with this i think the scariest jump scares were just the the balloon boy yeah because yeah, he just like appears he's creepy Those got me good um because it, it just kind of comes out of nowhere and they play the little like <laughs> kind of sound yeah but um i'm, I'm kind of glad they like again it's not scary but there's tense scene like you were saying it's almost more like a thriller yeah and I was a little worried going in that because it's so uh, loved by kids that they were going to kind of make it a little bit too yeah. kid-friendly or too toned down, which I don't think they did. No. So I think, like, I think it was just, like, it was a good movie, and it, like, something as lore-heavy and expansive as Five Nights at Freddy's, the franchise, that has done a lot already. I it was I was 
refreshed that they did something they took the old but also made it new like everything with the dream stuff and even like again spoiler we're already talking about spoilers the twist you know there's the police officer vanessa who we in the games vanessa the security guard doesn't show up until security breach which takes place in like 2030 something when yeah. this this is like early 2000 so you know i was kind of going in confused like why is vanessa here in the first game movie but then the twist at the end is that she is the daughter of william afton and i'm like that's new and that's not what i was expecting um that was really cool um and it sort of made it for like and like mike schmidt we all kind of went in thinking that he was going to be michael afton because in the games mike sure is michael afton <laughs> Um, and he, he's not, but, um, so it's sort of like taking these pre-established characters, twisting them a little bit, but it's still like, feels like FNAF. Yeah. Um, <coughs> I was just thinking of things that like, it did a good job of, cause you find out in the games that the animatronics are just like the ghost of children yeah. and mm-hmm. they do a good job, like. Make re- reminding you of that because there's just like a whole scene where the animatronics are nice and they're like building a fort. Yeah, kind of weird. It is weird. I do wish that there were a couple more scenes of like the animatronics doing what they do in the game. Yeah, like, I feel like there isn't much. Like mm-hmm. a lot of times when when Mike goes to work, he just falls asleep. Yeah, and that's like mm-hmm. not really what happens in yeah. the game. And like, like I I kind of get that they're trying to stay away from like so it's the movie isn't just Mike watching the cameras, but I think it could have used a couple more little scenes of like, he sees like Chica looking into the camera creepily. Like that's like Foxy stalking. Yeah. That happens a couple of times. Yeah. I, I, I think there's, they could have done like a couple more things. And I think like at first, like the scene of them. And I think I kind of got spoiled. Like I heard people talking about the, like the Freddie Fazbear wouldn't build it like a, blanket for it like yeah. that's so stupid but like i think like initially i was like this is weird but then it's like oh like they're just ghost kids like I they're like, kids yeah. and they just want to play and i like this sort of like they they like kids and they're never gonna actually harm a kid unless well, william after makes them yeah. um but they don't like adults so they don't really like mike <coughs> um speaking of william afton i thought and so they're like the plot twist, but like everybody knew it that Matthew Lillard's character, who is like a career counselor in the beginning of the movie, he Steve Raglan, he is William Afton. Like we all who knew is this in the games, the man who killed. All the he kids. is purple guy. He's the, the the guy who killed everybody. I think we didn't see enough. Uh, we didn't see a lot of I him. Wish there was more. Of him. I wish there was more, but I also think it's good that he wasn't like in it that much because I I think it's. It's a good twist, I guess, yeah. even though we all knew it. But, like, the little bit that he was in, like, the Springtrap suit was, like, that was creepy. Yeah. And I think they did a good job with that. Again, the animatronic suits are great. I just, But I think I'm very excited to see more of Matthew Lillard's William Afton. I think he is very good for the role. Definitely. Which is funny because I only know him as Shaggy, but he also was like a big horror movie veteran. Yeah, too. Like Scream and everything. Yeah. Um, um, so I'm very excited to see more of him. And he has, it's been confirmed that like he is, he signed for a three movie deal. So, and after seeing how successful this movie is, they are going to be making more. I and so. I kind of cautiously welcome it. I think, um, so Five Nights at Freddy's 2, the game, is actually a prequel. Uh, you kind of go to like a different location, but it's sort of supposed to be you know, 
um, further back in the timeline. I think a second Five Nights at Freddy's two, a second Five Nights at Freddy's movie that's kind of a prequel. I think will be good now that we know who William Afton is and we know Vanessa is his daughter. I think it would be a good sort of making it like the game of all that, but like sort of like building more on the lore. Who is William Afton? Who is Vanessa? And like, what's their relationship? Because that's a new thing that wasn't yeah. in the games. So I think that could be cool. And like, I would love to see more of Matthew Lillard as William yes. Afton. Um, um, <coughs> and yeah, the acting was good. like Josh Hutcherson was good. The kid yeah. actor of his sister was good and not annoying. The, yeah. The kids were really good. I was surprised because usually <laughs> child actors are not that great. Yeah. Um, but I think all the kids, like the, the ghost kids and Abby, Especially, I think we're the only one I didn't love was Vanessa. She played it really weird. She was like, like I get that she was trying to be like mysterious and like, oh, I'm hiding something, and now like the audience knows it. By the way, I'm playing this, but it was just like, oh, have you met them yet? And it was like, it it felt very strange. Did you ever see Detective Pikachu? I did not. Okay, Uh, it's pretty good, but it, it reminded me of. The girl in that movie who I also did not mm, like. Um, mm-hmm. It's just like, it felt like just weird acting. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Speaking of weird acting, another kind of big cameo in this movie, Matt Pat shows up. Um, and I was watching a video of his yesterday because he like made a video like, surprise, I'm in the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Um, but he said that he was, what I thought was really cool, This his scene was the very first thing they shot. It was like day one. Oh, wow. They shot the scene in Sparky's. Um, but he, first of all, he said that his character was named Ness. It was specifically because Scott Cawthon wanted to make reference to his Sans's Ness theory. And he was like, he was like, Matt Pat's character needs to be named Ness. Um, but Matt Pat was kind of talking about, and he was like, I didn't want to, you know, the big thing he said, you know, like people think breakfast is the most important meal of the day, but that's just a theory. Uh, he said he like really wanted to deliver it without that sort of cringy YouTuber humor. Succeed, it was still kind of cringy, but he said that they did a take where they wanted him to do it like like he does in the videos. Uh, they wanted him to do it like that's just a theory, and then he was like, "Are you sure? I feel like that'll sound bad." And they did it, and they're like, "That that's as bad. Just do yeah. it, do it differently." Um, and I think his delivery was not really that great. Um, and I'll, I think he did not need to say that's just a theory. The fact that he's in the movie alone is sort of like enough to be like, oh, that's so cool. But like, he did not need to say his line. It's stupid. All right. Um, Um, but it was cool to see him in there and it was sad not to see Markiplier in there. That was, uh, scheduling conflicts, but I hope he can be in the second movie. I'm sure. Um, I just realized like, it was also cool that Scott Cawthon, the creator, like had a big part in creating. Yeah. I think probably is why it feel so faithful yeah because i mean we've seen it before in other movies where mm-hmm. like i'm just thinking of percy jackson i was also thinking of percy jackson um, where the creator like <laughs> is not involved and it sucks so, yeah i think we're getting into an era of good video game movies mm-hmm. and video game shows like last of us and i mean mario is good kids movie. yeah Again, like mm-hmm. it's, it's good there's illumination um, you know hopefully this new legends of zelda movie ends up being good it's not gonna be I oh my god I I think like the Legend of Zelda is not something that you should like adapt into a movie because they're like they're gonna like make Link speak. If anything, I feel like it would work as like an anime or something. I think it would make a good anime, but just like the art style. Yeah, but I don't think it, if it was like a Studio Ghibli movie, I feel like that would be is it yeah, Ghibli? I, I never know. Studio Ghibli, whatever. <laughs> um, I think that would like kind of be cool, but like it. 
it's just like Sony making it. It's like the same people behind like Morbius and Amazing. I think it's kind of doomed to fail. I don't think it's going to work. Yeah, but um, I'm trying to think. Yeah, like Last of Us is really good. The Uncharted movie was fine. Really? I uh, thought you didn't like it. I liked it because I love Uncharted. Okay. So I like the Easter uh-huh. eggs, but it's not that faithful to the games. Yeah. But like there's, I think there's other st- like there's going to be a God of War show on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Kind of pointless because the game is pretty much like a movie. Yeah, um, I think like. I feel like for the most part, a lot of these video games, like the sort of story-based video games like The Last of Us, I think they work better as TV shows than movies. So that you have like you have time to develop the characters and sort of stretch everything out. I have not watched The Last of Us yet. I would very much like to watch it. Um, But I got a lot of other things on my play. I got to start watching Invincible Season 2. So very excited Um, about that. Yeah, I'm trying to... There was one other one I was thinking. Oh, like... I don't know. I feel like in the future we'll end up seeing like a Minecraft movie or something. A Minecraft that's in development. Really? Okay. It's okay. So it and now that the strikes are done, they're moving forward. But it, Jason Momoa is oh, yeah. Steve. Is this like a live action? It's a live action Minecraft movie. I, I, I. That casting makes no sense to me. I don't know what the. How can you make a Minecraft movie? Minecraft is like it's. It's there's no plot. The game is. I don't. I don't understand it. But you know, we'll see. Well, hopefully the, these upcoming video game movies are good. But yeah. we we liked Five Nights at Freddy's. A lot of people didn't. Um, but if you are a fan of the lore and you are a fan of Five Nights at Freddy's, this is a movie for you. If you are a horror fan, this is not for you. If you're just like a casual viewer. You know, I think you could still enjoy it, but we also just spoiled the whole movie. Yeah, but you know, but I think definitely still go see it. It's good. It really is good. Um, a lot of people didn't like it, but I liked it a lot. I liked it. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's going to be it for this uh, new episode of Will and Christian in the Morning. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening. Thank you. Um, you can check us out on Instagram for all updates at WC in the Morning. We're gonna. Bring back the Instagram. Yeah. Um, And, you know, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. DM us with suggestions of things to talk about. Yeah. And, you know, we're we're back. Um, We're kind of, you know, we're outside of, we're not in college anymore. We're not in the college radio station. So, you know, we can kind of up the rating a little bit. Kind of, you know, we can say whatever the hell we want. (gasps) Um. Yeah, I remember we were. Uh, I had to like really like make sure we could have done whatever we wanted. We could, essentially, we could have, but like they had said, like oh, you yeah, know, don't I swear, know. don't talk about these things. But um, you know, I think we have a lot more freedom with this, so it can be kind of like a cool thing. So if you have suggestions of things you guys want to see for these two white guys doing a podcast, uh, let us know. Yeah. Um, but thank you everybody for listening. It's very happy to be back. Yeah. I'm really excited. Um, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye.